welcome to another episode of um, Sunday Motivations with Kevin and Friends. Um, this month is February. Um, most of us are, are celebrating an event. We are having a conversation about um, the history of our people and the reason why this event even exists. Um, I'm sitting here with my co-host, which is making history. Each and every last one of us right now, Gilda and Christopher James. Otis, the voice of our show, Spencer, Naheem Garcia, Arnez, Denise Lopes, we are Black history. Today, our quote will be focused, focusing on the unspoken uh, truth and to push back on the contributions of our people and examine the different ways of how, I'm going to say, Black women in our history and the new generation of our women of color. So I'm talking about the melanated population that is still struggling even today as they have to cross hurdles and meet challenges of their truth and their contributions being black Americans. And even though we have people that are making history, we need to celebrate those events today. I am asked, where do I start? Do I start with the NFL, Sandra Douglas, Morgan, the first president and the only black female in the history of the NFL has taken her position. I'll talk about that during my share. She's with the uh, Oakland Raiders. I mean, Las Vegas Raiders that we today will be celebrating the Super Bowl. The other is a personal. Janae Hill, Global DEI Manager for a Trillion Dollar Financial Institution, DLL Financial Services. She is the first in that position, and I will expand on her, her role and how she's pouring her gift into her community in Norristown and the children in that community. So this show host, my with this show, my co-host and myself, we become the template for making Black history um, more than just a 30-day enterprise. It becomes a platform for teaching the truth about our country's history and our contributions, our contributions year round. Today, we'll stop teaching history as a sidebar. And I want to welcome to our listeners um, to Motivational Sundays um, with Kevin and friends. And as we have always done, we bring in a quote. And so today, I'm going to turn the mic over to the voice of our show, Mr. Otis Spencer, and he is going to deliver a quote today. And we're going to talk about it based on our interpretation and perspectives. But we're going to showcase Black women today. Otis, how you doing? Doing great. Good morning, everyone. And the quote is, it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken women and men. The worse than rebellion is the thing that causes rebellion at times like this. Scorching irony, not convincing argument, is needed. Power concedes nothing with a demand. And before we, we go on, I just want to put this out as a sidebar. And this is personally, I don't speak for anyone on this. When I say women and men, this is the way that I identify human beings, humanity. If you show up any different in my life or whatever, acknowledge who you are. But we want to talk about human beings in general. And so uh, please don't take offense that we say woman or men. And we're not missing the however we, you want to be um, identified. I have a learning um, disability, and I'm going to say it's like a streetlight. I only see red, green, or yellow. Stop me if I make a mistake. Yellow, slow me down to educate me. 
And if I'm doing well, just push on the gas pedal. Let me crash into my own dreams. So with that said, Otis, far away. How do you, wait a minute, I don't want to do this. Lanez, how do you interpret this quote? This quote is very deep, right? We don't realize as parents how special our task is to raise children. And it's not just us, it's the circumstances where you raise your children and the environment that you raise your children in that really make large impressions on your children. It helps them develop who they are so they're strong and they know what they need to be doing. We live in a society that is unconscious. So if you become conscious and you're raising a child in this unconscious society, it makes them struggle. It makes them want to uh, turn left when you're telling them turn right and it's the right way to go, right? A lot of adults who are raising children in these precious moments are time travel every single day because they're caught in the past. How can I properly raise children if I'm still caught in the past? Right. The only difference between you and your child is you arrived here before them. Right. It's an opportunity for you to reparent yourself so you can make that impact on what you're supposed to be doing and what they're supposed to be doing here. Because we think, oh, nature happened. I met a man and I just happened to have a child with him. No. Everything is divine timing. Everyone is connected to who they're supposed to be connected because it's God's will. Or if you don't believe in God, it's a higher power that made that happen, right? So we need to actually sit down and take time and understand the impact we have on a child's life between the ages of one and eight. Because once they become eight, all the habits, all the blueprint, all the foundation that you place there is permanent. That's their blueprint for the rest of their life. It's like they were a computer and you put all the data you needed inside of it so it can run. But now when they turn eight and they experience the world, they're supposed to upload that data. Right, They're updating the data so they know how to pivot. So it's truly special that we plant certain seeds and we expose our children to certain stories. So when they become adults, they're able to thrive. They're able to move. Things are not getting chosen for them because they're able to stand up confidently and make them choices for themselves. So, I want to say it is definitely easy to build a child into an amazing adult. It's a little harder to do it when they're adults already. So if we tune in and we notice that we are in war, we are at war. Everything around us is trying to cap us. We should have no cap to our abilities. So this quote basically tune into your children, pour into them as much as possible, because it's important not only to you, it's important to them in the world. So true. God made women 
to be the majority. Without a struggle, there can be no progress. The soul that is within man begins with the heart of a woman. Arnaz, I couldn't have said it any any better the way uh, what you did. And for you to be an author and be a mother of some dynamic women, my hat goes off to you. And thank you for this share. Um, Gilda, this quote, is it easier to build a strong child than repair a broken woman or a man? Politically correct human humans? <laughs> well, this quote speaks of two profound opportunities shared by parents. Um, one, it introduced the kids to Jesus, and two, to raise your young men and women to be people of strength and character. So um, pretty much um, what Lanez was saying about um, raising, uh, it's easy to raise a, a, a kid or a young person, you know, and uh, this way, when you start off young, you don't have to worry about trying to retrain them when they're older. So I, I, I think this is a wonderful quote that uh, we're doing today. And, and, and I agree with you. And thank you, Gilda. Uh, a woman of few words, but so powerful, our, our queen. Um, Naheem Garcia. All right. We said the whole quote by Frederick Douglass. And, and, and I know um, the pot is boiling over in, in, in your chair. It's hot. Whatever. <laughs> like to hear your share. Um. It is easy to build strong children to repair broken women and men worse than rebellions is the thing that causes rebellion. We've been trying to fix grown folks for years. And the problem is not fixing the grown folks. The problem is going into, we talked about data and the evil input that's been put into the data because we're teaching them to hate each other hate your gender, hate your identity, hate your being, and we don't even try to listen. The one key about having children is listening. Got to listen to them. Now, I'm a school teacher. I work with young people all the time. I am a father. I'm a grandfather. And my children did just fine. May have not been because I have dropped so many dimes and pearls. It's more so because their mothers were strong and good women. Their mothers cared about them. And no matter where station they were at, they weren't leaving their babies. It was easy for me to jet around and move about. But mamas, real good mamas. And even the bad ones, even the bad ones, she might be mistreating them babies, but she ain't abandoning them. And one thing that you can guarantee on is your mama. So when your mama's taken out of the picture, your mama's taken out of the picture that changes dynamics and everything. I can't even fathom the idea of not having my mother a phone call away. And the amount of mothers that have sacrificed so much. And, you know, I could criticize my mother for a lot of things, but at the end of the day, she's a human being. She was a woman who was at 15, who had a child. For whatever reason, she wanted to have that child in a country that was not giving her liberty and justice for all. To come to this country as a young woman in her teens with her mother and her, her sister, three women brought me to this country. 
three women became very successful, very successful women, very educated women. Now, my mother, an incredible woman, an incredible woman, highly educated. I love bragging about her four masters, three doctorates and theology. And I brag about it because it all happened over a bet. I dropped out of high school and she wanted to prove to me that she can do the GED. And if she can do it, I can do it. So four masters and three doctorates later, this woman is still going. And yes, has my mother been the greatest mom? Always. Has she had difficult times? Always. Has she been the wisest woman? Always. Has she had dumb moments? Always. Has she been a good and kind mother? Always. Has she been angry and mean? Always. My mother's a human being and a wonderful woman, and I can't fathom a moment without her. So I give praises to all mothers and my aunt, my mother and my aunt, who both had a hand in who I am today along with every other woman that has touched me. So yes, it's okay to give it to the sisters because they take on a lot, but don't ever forget your brothers because we stand by you, stand under you, support you, good man. Even that bad man, he give you something to remember. He give you a lesson you need. Everything is important. Everyone is important, even if you don't think so. Peace. Boy, boy, I almost faded to black on that. That <laughs> that was that was so freaking fun. I first I thought Larnez had uh, put a spell on you, Naheem. You know something? This is the reason why I love you, brother. Because when when you um, show the world who you are, you don't hold back. And you're, I'm proud of your mother. And if there's any other mother that has a son or daughter that speaks of them this way, sit back and give yourself some love. All right, because that's what we're giving to you. We're showcasing because you are black history. We are black history. And because of the struggles that so many people that look like us have made, we make history every single Sunday. We open our mouth because we get a chance to speak our truth. And with that said, again, my hat goes off to my military brother over here to serve the country. I grew up in a military family. I have mad respect for you. Um, you've done something that I never had an opportunity to do. And um, I'm proud of you. Even though our country, um, when you came home, may have turned its back on you, those of us that look like us and look like you, we are proud of you and thank you for your service. Um, so Christopher, this quote, I'm gonna, before we go on, I'm asked Otis to go ahead and repeat the whole quote by Frederick Douglass to anyone that has just listened in. And I'm going to suggest that today is one of those uh, shows that you share and you listen to over and over again. Until your heart feels a certain type of way, you change your view on how you look at the world. Otis, go ahead, fire it up. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken women and men. The worse than rebellion is the thing that causes rebellion at times like this. Scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Power concedes nothing with the demand. Right, Christopher. Before I go into any other 
uh, feeling or explanation. I absolutely love that uh, backdrop that Otis has. When you talk about service, we talk about um, the sacrifices that we've made. I, I can't help but um, be led to a tear um, when we think about the contributions of the men represented in Otis's background. Uh, and just study the faces, if you will, for just for a second. Those men probably have very little to say, I own or I have to protect, other than the feeling and the thought and the promise of this country. Those men stood there ready to give their lives for a country that they had in, they held in their mind to represent them, to preserve them, to offer and uh, a better life for them. Now that promise has never been, you know, realized. But if you look in their eyes, every single one of them held that promise, believed that promise, and were willing to sacrifice whatever it took to make that come true. We are years past that. I served with uh, pretty much the same ideal that I'm serving a country that will one day properly respect and properly serve me. Um, but that's really not the, uh, the issue here. I was asked to talk about something else, but that, no, that's that fine. picture definitely uh, compels me. And I cannot look into those men's eyes and not see the exact same feeling that I had uh, back in 72 when I asked. Um, but on the quote, um, and uh, Naheem, you, boy, did you lose that bet. My goodness. <laughs> when mama comes up with a bet, mama, mama served, boy. <laughs> she did. Um, my mother um, had an awesome job and an awesome responsibility. And uh, when I look back at the things that she did, I'm, I'm in awe. Uh, as I said before, I, I listed in 72, but um, um, we're from an older family. I'm, personally, uh, my eldest sister's like 72, but um, we lived in California and my dad's parents were in Mississippi. Uh, so uh, to think of a visit to uh, the grandparents' house means uh, tra transversing about three or four states. Texas and Mississippi were one of them. But um, this is back in the mid 60s, okay? Um, the instructions that my mother gave us basically uh, saved our lives. Um, Jim Crow was serious back at that time during the, uh, throughout that, that, uh, that area. Um, and mama's instructions were to um, never wander off alone, stay as close to her and dad as possible. But if you had to go, you know, go um, in pairs and stay in sight of mom and dad. Uh, now, these were instructions that at the time didn't mean much to me, but mama said it, so I'm not going to question it. I'm going to do it. Uh, but looking back, can you imagine a station wagon full of black folk? Uh, it, there were 10 of us, mom, dad, and eight kids um, driving through um, Arizona. Um, parts of Arkansas, Texas, and then Mississippi uh, in the 60s, in the mid 60s. Um, 
you could do that now and not think twice about it. But at that time, that's just so, not something you do. Now, um, I remember comparing this once before when I was in the military um, of the instructions that a, that a parent would give their kids as they cross through enemy territory. Or let's just say we lived in Lebanon and uh, uh, terrorist th threats were very, very severe uh, and, and, and real. And yet the family has to traverse wherever through this area. What kind of instructions were parents giving kids at that time that lived in a war zone? Well, that was the kind of instructions that my mother gave us in the mid 60s. Um, now, to, to think back, uh, well, for, to compare what, where we live now and how things are now, it's kind of hard to imagine that. But that was a reality back in the 60s. Um, and there was another quote, not so much a quote, but a statement that uh, either my grand, grandmother or my father made. Um, my youngest brother um, was in Head Start, and they were talking about ending it. Uh, I think he was maybe three, four years old. And they were talking about ending it. Uh, it was it was too much of a of a uh, tax burden. Was uh, the idea of the uh, then governor of California? Um, either my mother, I'm sorry, either my grandmother, or my father said, um, which would be more financially sound to continue Head Start now or to put more money in penitentiaries later? This. But that particular statement speaks directly to this quote. It's a lot easier to raise stronger children than to try to fix adults. And the whole issue, this I can't recall when this was, but the, the issue was either money spent on Head Start or money spent on prisons. Now, of course, we know that uh, American prison industry is an industry, and we simply um, Benefit well, we don't benefit from it, but there are those who benefit from it, so they're not going to do anything to change it. The structure is sound, as far as they're concerned, let it let it run. Um, but that one statement, it's uh, more financially sound at the time, or it seemed to provide for head start than it would be to pay into the penitentiary later on. But he Anyway, um, giving props to my mother, she uh, raised eight of us, um, and uh, none of us went the expected route of prison, uh, death through drive-by, whatever. Uh, we all uh, got into our middle ages, and many of us have great, great, great grandchildren. So um, props to mom, props to mothers everywhere. It's a tough job. But the fruit, the fruit of, of, of that endeavor um, will reign for centuries and centuries to come. It produced all of us. And thank, thank you for the different layers of um, calculations. Not only have you given um, roses to the mothers not on this show, but the roses to the mothers that are on this show and the mothers that have gifted us with Naheem, Otis, Gilda, Christopher, Lonez, and myself. Um, thank you. But I, I want to say this because I, I didn't think about it until um, people may not know that Otis is one of those players that if you look at the movie Glory, 
He is one of those soldiers that happened to be uh, in that movie. Hats off to you, brother, for being part of Black history. But I want to say this. When I look into the eyes of each and every last one of those soldiers, there was a mother that was willing to sacrifice her, her, her children for what? Our freedom. And it brings me to a quote when it says, a white man's happiness cannot be purchased by a black man's misery. When I look into those soldiers' eyes and whatever, you know, that's what they were trying to do. What is it going to take in order for not only my personal freedom, but the freedom of the children that follow me behind me? And they were willing to give their life. Our mothers and every mother, no matter what your skin color is, you sacrifice a moment of time in your life in order to bring a life into this world, in order for us to have this conversation. And when you look at that quote, when it says it's easier to build a strong child than it is to repair a broken human being or man or woman, however you want to identify it today, that's your conversation, ours today is different. You got to give some thought to the conversation you have before you bring that child into the world. Answer that question because there's plenty of questions mm. and not enough answers. So, Otis, if you don't mind, one more time, deliver the quote and give us your share. Hopefully, I didn't miss sure. anyone today. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken women and men. The worst than rebellion is the thing that causes rebellion especially at times like this. Scorching irony, not convincing argument is needed. Power concedes nothing with the demand. And yes, if uh, you've got young children, they need a positive person behind them, be it the father, the mother, or any other family member that's there to guide them. Do it while they're young as everyone is saying, because their mind is still growing and learning things. For those of you that have children that are racist, the parents or somebody there taught them, you've got to be taught to love, to hate. You know, I, you know, like uh, Chris and everyone here, yes, I give a lot of credit to my mother. Did I always listen? Did any of us always listen? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, but yet, I did spend a lot of time with her, and if it, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be cooking. I wouldn't be able to take care of myself. I did learn things from her. You know, I was my mother was more present than than my father. My my mother was the the the, the tough one, and then of course, who do you go to? The one who's the easy one. Hey, Daddy, can I get this? <laughs> exactly. Uh, did you have arguments with your parents? Yes. And one thing that my mother kept telling me, you need to save, save, save. Did I listen? Unfortunately not. So do you sit there and struggle with your finances at times? Sure. But do things come into my head? Hey, I can't do this. I can't do that. I need to save money. And even thinking about uh, one of the young men that I was taking care of, and one of his remarks was, I wish I had you in my life when I was younger. You were there. I see what you did. You 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 feed me breakfast. I don't always eat breakfast. You know, my mother always didn't cook. You are a good role model, even though what you're telling me right now, I find difficult because that was not ingrained. He feels that he is not successful and he can be successful 
He says, my generation is like this. I said, no, it's up to you. You have the strength to get out of whatever mess you think you're in or whatever lifestyle you think you're in. You can move on. Any of us can move on. And that's one of, even one of the things that I learned when I took uh, two courses in landmark education. There is something that happens to each of us at a very early age that was probably traumatic to you that made you who you are today. And that's true that it's always easier to blame others for your situation. It's much more productive to search in your own past and find a way and the cause of your own faults. Otis, I appreciate you, you, you sharing that. And I appreciate each and every last one of you for, based on your perspectives and interpretation of this quote, uh, delivering so such profound words and enlightenment. And I hopefully the, our listeners um, are taken in, in, into this because, you know, uh, your happiness is the results of your, your life. And if you're not happy with your life, I say adjust your input and what you put into it. The reason why this quote for me and my interpretation, and I am by far one of the luckiest human beings on this world. I'm going to repeat that again. I am by far one of the luckiest men, black men on this earth, because I get a chance to, to have conversations with Christopher, Gilda, Naheem, Otis, Spencer, and so many more wonderful people in the world. And I meet some dynamic mothers of all different skin tones. But the reason why this impacted me today is when I saw the story of um, Sandra Douglas Morgan, the first black female ever in the history of the NFL to be named the president. And I looked at her, a strong black woman, beautiful woman with a family, a lawyer that has went through some stuff, some struggles and overcome. And I always say, Difficult becomes easy. And when they, they said that, you know, she represents and she goes, I'm not just making history. She goes, I'm here for a, a reason. And that is to be a strong black woman. And then two days ago, I got a chance to be invited to see history being played, played out. We talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I met history firsthand. Janae Hill, she transferred from a job that she showed up to work and sat in a parking lot, and she was always 30 minutes late because she didn't want to be there on, on, on time. And she had a job that did not appreciate her, didn't uh, understand her or whatever. And a company here in Pennsylvania, King of Prussia, is called DLL Financial Services, made her the, the director, managing director of DEI, she created a program, which is a program that, you know, 100 years ago when I was a kid that I got a chance to, to be part of in Dayton Urban League. Her company is standing on the forefront of what every company should be standing on is going into your community and uplifting the community. Norristown is what they call the underserved. When I was growing up, it was called high risk kids or poor kids. Now there's a new word because we're sensitive to words now, and it's called the underserved. But there's still families that have challenges, mothers that are raising children without fathers, 
fathers that are raising children without mothers, and mothers and fathers that have abandoned children that grandmothers and aunts and uncles are raising and they're struggling to make ends meet. And they, everyone has their fingers crossed. Hopefully at the end of the day, the foundation that our children are standing on is, is a foundation without a crack. And she has created a community and involvement from a trillion dollar company to take an opportunity to bring in as freshmen, a group of young black women, black men, not boys, I hate that word boy, and provide them with an opportunity to, to learn business as they enter high school, their freshman year, to be associated with people that are acting as mentors, liaisons, and providing them with options of their future and allowing them to work in every single layer of that company. Four years from now, they have promised them a scholarship in order for them to uh, further their education. Four years after that, they applied, they allowed them to get a certificate to test for a certification they normally have to be a college graduate and have a job for. And in the event that they graduate through the program, this company has an open door policy that will allow them to come back and guarantee them employment. When you talk about diversity, education, and inclusion, every company that serves or builds or takes away from a community should have a program that allows an option for a child to learn business as an intern. And brothers and sisters, if you've seen these kids, the first year, last year, there was only three individuals, all young ladies. This class has come in 13 kids, 12 women, one's a young man sitting there and they're all dressed. Remember the way they, they you know, black people dressed in Harlem in the days, showed up with suits of women and showed up every single day. Like my uncle told me, you gotta be present. Don't come out with your pants hanging down below your, your, your waist and saying, you know what I mean? And whatever the case may be, they spoke with purpose and attentions, like they were going someplace. And even if you weren't going someplace, you had to look and feel like it because you, when you got there, you knew what to do once you got there because your mother told you what it was like, what the journey was and what the struggle was. And when I watched these young people, I was proud. I was not only proud of Janae Hill for accepting that position, but it also gave me hope that there are companies out there. When I say trillion dollar companies, I can't even think of where the decimal point goes when you get that much money that are given back. When you talk about our education system, that we're pouring money into a black hole that four years later, you're 100,000 or 200,000 in debt and you can't get a job in order to come close to paying, paying that debt back. This company is providing an opportunity for these children to thrive. So diversity, equity, and inclusion basically means provide opportunities, hope. Put opportunity out there no matter what your gender, how you identify yourself. Provide an education and grow your own talent so you can quit complaining about millennials can't find a job. Because a child is more loyal to someone that gave them a hand than someone that had to haul them around all of their lives. So with that said, when I look at this quote, and when I hear this quote done by Frederick Douglass, is it easier to build a strong child than repair a broken man or woman? However you may identify yourself, it applies. You have to ask yourself, go look at mama. Because mama said, 
There'll be days like this. There'll be days like this, Mama said. So with that said, I had a great time. I learned a lot. I have been taken on a, uh, a journey to find out that moms are the original AI. All right. And, um, and I celebrate the moms that are on our show, Denise Larness, um, Gilda, the benefactors of, of our mom. I celebrate Naheem's mom, Otis. I celebrate your, um, your mom. Chris, I celebrate your mom. Kevin, I celebrate your grandma and my mom that raised me. I love you. My daughters, my granddaughters, my sisters, I celebrate. And with that said, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Motivational Sundays with Kevin and Friends. Hopefully one day that you'll join. We probably have the only podcast that you can come in here and um, be part of the show. But we ask you, don't come in here and do anything stupid because we don't deal deal with ignorance. Otherwise, Lanez will have to educate you. And you don't mm -hmm. want to have to have some stink on that conversation. <laughs> some stink. Mm -hmm. um, but if you like what you heard, I think this is one of those podcasts you should share with everyone that has a mom. This is one of those podcasts that if you like what, what you've heard, we'd like to hear your comment. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, go to info at rmkproductions.org or subscribe and follow us on our YouTube page at RMK Productions and Network. My grandfather always said, when you get to a place in life that you can help someone else, it was your duty to do so. And with that said, he said, reach one, teach one. All right. And uh, Naheem, all right. Fade to black. And we're out. That was smooth, guys. That was good. Very good. I, I could not have scripted this better myself because it was flow after flow after flow. I almost cried, Naheem, when you were talking about your mama. I almost yeah. cried. Mm. Yeah, I, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> because, you, you know, we don't have I perfect just, parents. We don't have perfect parents. We don't have perfect human beings. And the fact that our people make, made mistakes or decisions that we didn't agree with, we get a chance to grow up and have conversations like this and be educated by each other and take it on. You know, when Lanez writes a book about, and I got to have you, I got to set you up to, to talk about your women in, in, in your life with your book, that she raised a strong Black woman, strong women. Um, I, I think moms are going to be proud of this. And thank you for this your This ain't even Mother's Day. No, right. I was thinking that the whole time. <laughs> this is, but, but that's what the problem is. We're too busy um, taking time to celebrate ourselves and seasons when they say it. Not natural season when they, we're told we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. Like You're not supposed to celebrate your mother every day or mothers around. My children's mothers. All of them. But and that's the reason the why I said that the strongest ever, all of them. Yeah. All of them. And that and, and that's and that the reason why for dads too. Because and that's well, and that's get, I'm sorry. Fathers don't get a uh blueprint on how to be a dad, right? No. Y'all don't get a blueprint. Women, we have intuition that we kind of tune into, right? Because again, when a baby comes through us, that's a portal, right? Mm -hmm. We're bringing them into this world as they're growing inside us. We're preparing them for the environment they're in. That's why when a woman's pregnant, her nose starts to get big. She's uh, taking the DNA that is around her in her environment and she's applying it to her child so they can 
survive in this environment. So I say that to say, men don't have a blueprint on how to be a father, how to be a good father. So they're going off of their feelings and their beliefs and their things around them. I have to make you strong, so I'm gonna be stern. Your mama gonna make you soft, so I'm supposed to make you hard for this world. When in all actuality, you know, your kids should be teaching you how to be a strong father. It's not a blueprint that you already had. They develop you as you're developing them. And that's what I'm gonna say. Sorry for cutting you off, Kevin. <laughs> oh, that, that's okay. That's the reason why I say that, you know, men, especially black men, we're an endangered species because we are being attacked from all sides, black, white, and whatever. And then sometimes we're being attacked in our own homes. Anytime a, a, a woman is telling a man how to be a man, a woman never knows how much she is taken away from the soul of that man. Mm -hmm. With that one statement. With that yeah, one that statement. Is a, that is a, that's a sharp sword. Yeah. It's a sharp sword because of what how we look at a real man that looks at a woman. Because if you love your mama, you're looking at that woman with honor and respect. So any words coming out of her mouth are sharp. And they hit deep because you are to because especially if you're sharing the the, the environment because yeah. now you know me you're saying something that because your word is bond so what you say is gold mm -hmm. yeah. and believe it or not you said the two two key things in in a relationship with a, uh between a man and a woman honor and respect because the world doesn't respect you the world doesn't honor your gifts we take away but we never add anything to a black man and the only time a black man ever is feel appreciated is when he's at home in the comfort in the arms of his woman or his beloved and if she doesn't honor and respect him no matter how much we get together as men and have this conversation you can never make that man whole you can never make that man whole mm -hmm. and that's the, that's the reason why i tell some women you got to become professional listeners when you're talking to your man, because sometimes your man is crying for help and he cannot articulate exactly where he needs the help. Mm -hmm. Well, said. allow you, well, allow said. your allow your man to be vulnerable. And you as a woman, it's like when you're cooking dinner. Let it savor for a little bit, let it sit for a little bit before you speak. And then before you speak, every word has to have your heart attached to it. Don't let it come from directly here because that's the defensive mecha mechanism. And all it, all, it, all it does, if it's not coming from the heart, that blow is devastating to that man. And sometimes when it comes from the heart, that's why it's devastating because you believe it's coming from the heart. Yeah. Why else would you take it the way it comes? Because you see, your word is gold. Yeah. <laughs> Word. And a man, all, all a man wants to do is go out there and be appreciated and loved. And that's so that's why I put know. in the chat, the only things we remember in life is stars and scars, them star moments stars and them and scar scars. moments. The only thing you remember is life is stars and scars. That's right. Those those stars in your life and those scars in your moon. Um, all right. I try so to make that's... every moment a star, especially when I'm in here. Yeah. <laughs> star right. moments. <laughs> you, you know something you kill it in here Lonez. you kill it 
All right. Nice job. So with, with that said, um, enjoy your, your, your day, celebrate and, um, a big hug to all you guys. Um, we, Naheem, we are coming. I am coming. We are coming because I'm picking up Larnes to your show. So just give, give us the details so we can make plans and, uh, I can get a hotel room. All right. Well, listen. When and is it I'm supposed to be? What, when is hold it? On, what Marth? Hold on, wait, wait, well, I mean, what, what Marth? What Marth? I'll put it. Is there? I'll put it. I'll put it. Wait. I'll put it in. Just put in the email so we can all all, all remember it. Just okay. reply to it. The other thing is, when we get get there, I'm going to try to um, make arrangements with a photographer. Um, to have all of our pictures taken. And I'm probably going to say, let's, we're all white. You know, do a white party. So you want me to look like a marshmallow? <laughs> well, you know something? Let's wear black and let's wear black and white. Let's wear black and white. Let's wear black and, listen, and white. Just, just, just wear some clothes. <laughs> we have to be color coordinated. Come on, this is a black show. We supposed to be color coordinated. Let, let, let's just wear black. Let's, let's say we're black and white, so no one becomes part of a uh, uh, a, a neutral in 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 there, and uh, we'll find find a place to do that. But I, I want to go ahead and make arrangements to do that, and so that way that becomes the the background for our, our show. That's that's what I'm looking at, and hopefully Larnes is going to help us with a grant. My my goal this year, I told you. Um, to get everyone paid to be on this show. Um, so that's that's my goal in order to to bring home something to my family. Go reach that goal, brother. You go we reach, reach that it. goal. We will reach it. Go reach it. With that said, I'm fading to black. Peace. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>